Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Well, I woke up with this feeling in my bones today. I wanna be there for somebody, do it all the way. I wanna wipe away the worry, ease the pain and fear. That's what brothers are for. I'm here. When the clouds are moving in and doubt slips through the cracks, when the loneliness seeps in, I'm here to close the gap. No matter what it takes, I'll go to any lengths. 'Cause helping out's all you throw straight. It's clear that I'm looking out for you. You're looking out for me. Wanna see what I can do to be there? 'Cause we're family. I'm always looking out for you.
Jedej do vidbošia. From your home, it's not such a long journey. The path is inside of you, it waits, but don't wait too long. Mind so far from the heart, they think and act as strangers. Make peace and be as one, love and serve the one. Rejoices deeply, creation sings in joy as she returns to harmony. When light is revealed in those precious treasures, then sorrow has no place. 
peace and joy abounds forever. Don't be afraid, His love surrounds you. Though you may feel alone, and within a on you They blame you They shame you Might drive you insane But they're calling you By the wrong name I know I read your story I bought your book at the store Your face in Goliath But you've been there before King David Elijah No answers or clues But somehow you know what to do I know I read your story I bought your book at the store Your face in Goliath But you've been there before King David, Elijah, With every little step you take Your hand I will hold If you ever feel that stage fright If you think you're gonna fall I'll be standing here Right behind the wall Soon you'll remember Soon you'll say it too You can't be alone If we're all rooting for you So face your Goliath 
Is that a song or what? King David done by Eighth Day. It's one of their brand new singles, which is just remarkable. One about King David, one about Moshe Rabbeinu, and they're both <laughs> fantastic. Um, that's Eighth Day with King David. You heard the uh, Chaim David selection, Return Home, Imkomcha done by Micha Gammerman, DJ Fabreng with Yismach Moshe. Be there for somebody. That's Maishi Tischler, Aryeh Kunstler, and Miha Ish. Koach done by uh, the Stamen family, Jeremy Stamen and company. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 15th day of March, day number 22 in the month of Adar, as we continue rolling on to some big events, including our big studio opening a week from tomorrow in New York City, including, of course, the studio opening in New Jersey, a bit more understated, a week from this Friday. And uh, then, of course, uh, we get closer and closer to the holiday of Pesach. And an amazing time of year, Israel at 75 right after that. Uh, we're talking about a whole bunch of amazing programming and the wonderful reasons to get together on a daily basis here at JM in the AM. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Plenty more coming up. We have some special guests, including some guests from Yatar Israel who are going to be joining us this morning. Uh, and uh, plenty more. Uh, thanks for listening on a Wednesday. Here's Eitan Katz at JM in the AM.
Da 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 
all the attributes of Mashiach Tzitkenu. Ruach Hashem, Spirit of Hashem. Ruach Chochma Ubina. Ruach Eitzah Ogvura. Ruach Das V'yiras Hashem. And even though these words are really speaking about Mashiach, we daven for it. Inshallah Shergalim, we take out the Sefer Torah, we have a special Yerot song. Rebbeinu Shalaylam. And we say, V'yizkayim Bonu Mikrash Shekosov. That all the attributes that are shaykh to Mashiach should really be shaykh to us. That when Mashiach comes, he's going to recognize his people because we have the same attributes as him. But you know, there's an interesting minhag. And Motzi Shabbos, when you say, V'yitein l'cha, there's a minhag you're supposed to say it with somebody else. Don't say it by yourself. Say it with somebody else. Why? Because V'yitein l'cha, all the brachos that we're asking for, all the parnasa, the shefa of the week, if I sit with somebody else and I say, what am I saying? I'm saying, Hashem should give you. Not me, forget me. Hashem should give you. And the other guy is sitting there, he's saying what? No, 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 Hashem should give you. Ah. The nachas, the Kodesh Baruch who gets from that. Singing two yidin, davening for each other. We spoke about this last time we were here, live in Jerusalem too. About the chashivas of davening for each other. And I was thinking in that spirit, in that ruach. Benacha, not a lie, a love, and him. All of the Ruach Hashem, Ruach Chachma Ubina. Benacha, a love, not me, him. I want him to have those special things. And the guy sitting next to you is saying, no, 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 Benacha, a love, and him, and him, not me. So in him, so you have 1,200 people in here davening for each other at the same time. So let's all daven together. Let's sing it one more time. Have somebody else in mind. Venacha a love, not a lie. You didn't don't speak like that. A lie. A love. So everyone together. Give me give me a really good harmony on the ruach. All right. Follow me. Even Hashem. One more time, even louder than that. Even
love strong one more time. I even have a love. Then I have a love. I even have a Soul, city of an ancient people's home City that I love, a city that I breathe City that I don't want to leave Oh Jerusalem, you're in my heart Jerusalem, you're in my mind Jerusalem, I love you so Jerusalem, you're in my heart, Jerusalem, you're in my mind, Jerusalem, I love you so. Abdecha, El Ritzonecha, 
Today is precious, one of a kind. Yet so many ways are making me blind. Under the surface, hidden behind facades and filters. So I live in the moment. I open my eyes. All of the beauty won't pass me by. Life is much more than comments and likes, approval from strangers. If you feel alone and not enough, when you're lost and out of touch, there's more to you than what the screen will show. I look up and see there's a big world made for me. It's my life, and it's my life that's worth living. You can free your mind, find the power deep inside. It's your life, and it's your life that's worth living. Just leave it all behind and look up. Don't be afraid to put it away. Life is worth more than a picture could say. All of the best things can't be erased. They're yours forever. If you feel alone and not enough, when you're lost and out of touch, there's more to you than what the screen will show. It's my life, and it's my life that's worth living. You can free your mind by the power deep inside. It's your life, and it's your life that's worth living. Just leave it all behind and look up. Eighth day with a selection entitled Look Up here at JM in the AM. Yair Rosenberg had you did Nefesh, Jerusalem, Dove Halpern. Benachan Espoar, Eitan Katz. Among his latest selections in America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Skylights on the background, our news from Israel coming up. Don't forget to check out some of the options in the uh, JM and the AM Nissan Chesed campaign for this year, named for the late great Yanki Meyer. Go to uh, NachumSingle.com slash Chesed. And give and give generously, NahumSiegel.com slash Chesed, really emphasizing this week the Matzah Fund, feeding almost 2,000 families in Judea and Samaria for Pesach. MatzahFund.com, M-A-T-Z-O-H-Z-O-H, Fund.com. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday's next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. 
גליצן מירושלים השעה אחת, שלום רב, באולפן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פיצוץ המטען ביום שני במגידו מוסיף להיות קשה מצבו של שרף אלדין טאהא בן 21 מכפר סלם שנפצע מהפיצוץ. בבית החולים רמב"ם עדכנו כי הוא מורדם ומונשם. מערכת הביטחון ממשיכים לקיים הערכות מצב בעקבות האירועים הביטחוניים שחלקם אסור בפרסום. לקראת טיסתו אחרי הצהריים של ראש הממשלה נתניהו לברלין, מוחים נגד השינויים הצפויים במערכת המשפט הגיעו לנתב"ג בניסיון לשבש את הגעת פמליית ראש הממשלה. עד כה לא נרשמו אירועים חגיגיים. מנתב"ג מדווחת כתבתנו עינב קרנר. עשרות מפגינים נמצאים בשעה זו בנתב"ג לקראת טיסת ראש הממשלה נתניהו לברלין אחר הצהריים. התנועה בנמל זורמת ללא שיבושים וחסימות כבישיים. לפי המארגנים בשעות הקרובות צפויים להגיע מפגינים נוספים במטרה לשבש את טיסת ראש הממשלה. לפני זמן קצר שיירת מכוניות של לוחמי מבצע אנטבה חלפו על טרמינל 3 לטסים מומלץ להגיע ברכבת. לאחר שאתמול הודיעו בליכוד לחבר הכנסת אדלשטיין שלא יוכל להגיש הצעות חוק פרטיות, הצעות לסדר או לדבר בשם סיעת הליכוד במשך שלושה שבועות בעקבות אי הגעתו להצבעה על חוק הנבצרות ופסקת ההתגברות, חברת הכנסת טלי גוטליב מהליכוד אומרת לעמי ריבגי, זכותו של אדלשטיין להביע את דעתו, אבל... הוא חייב להצביע בהתאם למשמעת הסיעתית. מושכלות יסוד בכל מה שקשור לפוליטיקה, בטח שזכותך להביע דעה, ובלבד שנצביע בהתאם למשמעת סיעתית. לו יולי אדלשטיין היה אומר את הדבר הבא, אני מתנגד לרפורמה, אך ברור שבסופו של דבר אני אכפיף את עצמי למשמעת הסיעתית. אבל לא רק שהוא לא אמר את זה ככה, אלא הוא אמר שהוא עוד ישקול אם להצביע יחד איתנו. זה לא הכיסא הפרטי שלנו. כתב אישום הוגש נגד תושב רמת גן בן 31 לאחר שצילם עצמו מקיים יחסי מין עם אישה ללא ידיעתה ואיים עליה כי יפיץ את הסרטון. הנאשם והמתלוננת הכירו ברשתות החברתיות וקבעו להיפגש בדירתו שבתל אביב. על פי המיוחס לו, טרם המפגש התקין הנאשם מצלמה שתיעדה את המתרחש ללא ידיעתה של המתלוננת ומבלי שקיבל את הסכמתה לכך. בין השניים נרקמה מערכת יחסים וכשרצתה לסיים את הקשר הנאשם איים עליה שיפגע בה ויפיץ את הסרטון. ידיעה שהעבירה כתבתנו אנה פינס. המינהל האזרחי עצר הלילה שלושה סוחרי עתיקות באזור השומרון והחרים ממצאים ארכיאולוגיים נדירים בשווי מאות אלפי שקלים. מדווח כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. בתום חקירה סמויה שהתנהלה בחודשים האחרונים, הלילה פשטו אנשי צה"ל והמינהל האזרחי על שלושה כפרים באזור השומרון ועצרו שלושה שודדי עתיקות. במסגרת הפעולה הוחרמו עשרות פריטים ארכיאולוגיים, כולל תכשיטים ומטבעות, מתקופת הברונזה ועד התקופה הביזנטית. ראש המינהל האזרחי, פארס אטילה מסר, נמשיך לפעול נגד מי שינסה לפגוע באוצרות המורשת של יהודה ושומרון. מזג האוויר הגשרים יחלשו ויתמעטו לקראת ערב. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
Yeah. 
Fresh AM in the AM. Hard not to enjoy those selections from Garrison Veroba. Classics from 40 years ago, remastered, re-released, digitized, the whole thing. Avarachamim before that, Kikel Poel off the album Man to Man. If you're not familiar with it, get familiar with it. It's really an amazing, in my opinion, uh, an absolutely amazing uh, album. Jam and the good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 15th day of March, day number 22 in the month of Adar. Uh, brought to you by our friends at uh, Abel's and Hyman. Did you see the most recent video on social media? Seth Levitt giving a tour of how the uh, Abel's and Hyman hot dogs are peeled, sealed, and packed. I know, that's a good one, right? Peeled, sealed, and packed. I liked it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Anyway, if you haven't seen it yet, you can check him out on Instagram. Meanwhile, those of you who are preparing for Pesach, and I know there are a lot of people who are, uh, you got your shopping list, a voluminous list of so many items. Make sure A&H is a part of it. You'll be glad to uh, serve, especially those of you who struggle with, you know, what to serve family members during the holiday. You know, there are times when it's somewhat limited. The Pesach menu, I know, with all the additions, with all the Pesach rolls and Pesach pizza still, you know, it can be a challenge. Uh, utilize our friends at Abel's and Hyman. Go to kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. More coming up. Michal Przanski is next at JM in the AM. Do you save my friend? It's been a while. A team untroubled and free. Yeshiva days, our youthful ways, now but fond old memories. From time to time, they cross my mind what we were, you and me. Along with your wife, you run the store. The needy and the poor Yet one thing weighs you down Like an anchor below sea Will you ever hear the call of Tati Diving for me And I'll dive in for you care for you, and you care for me, diving for me, and I'll dive in for you, let's storm the gates of heaven, we will break through, yes it's true, will you dive in for me? I'm diving for you
no denying what we could achieve if we would only believe one more mitzvah is all that we need can't you tell it's almost over every day we'll hear that chauffeur and then when we Above our 
again Excitement fills the air That day is drawing near When we will smile again and the AM, what a way to be nostalgic on a Wednesday morning and at the same time play a brand new offering Once Upon a Time, Michal Przanski with a pretty hot album which includes a whole bunch, as you just heard, of amazing selections of yesteryear here at JM and the AM. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one, I must say. JM and the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Big uh, big dealings, as you'll see, in um, many of the uh, weekly newspapers in the Jewish community. Uh, big information about the event next Thursday, which you're all invited to, of course in New York City, on Grand Street in Manhattan, our studio reopening. But I got to give a special thank you to um, Ari Hirsch and everybody at The Views, The Jewish Views, V-U-E-S. You can search it online, V-U-E-S. A really fun and wonderful front-page story, which was just so generous and nice of him and his staff. And um, I want to just thank him. I want to thank him and his staff for uh, an amazing opportunity. And those of you who pick it up or read it online, you'll see what was described to me by a pretty prominent member of the community uh, as a very fun and entertaining interview. So I hope it's exactly how it came off. And I hope that uh, you'll have an opportunity to look at it and enjoy it. And we look forward to next Thursday. We'll be broadcasting from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m with uh, many distinguished guests coming by, please God. And it should be a lot of fun as we celebrate the opening of the brand-new studio exactly one year later. The fire was March 27th. We are opening it March 23rd. By the time we get to March 27th this year, I will be already broadcasting that week from Israel in advance of uh, Yoshua Siegel's wedding. So we've got, um, got a lot going on. And again, a big thank you to Ari Hirsch and his staff. Oh, that's funny. I just got an email which um, includes the issue um, of this week's Jewish Views. Let me give everybody the proper email address. Um, and not email, rather the, the proper um, web address. I think you just search Jewish Views, V-U-E-S. It's V-U-E-S. And uh, you'll find the... Um, And you'll find um, at this week's edition. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echanishmas Harav Zevnerbiosavalevi, and oh, whose yard side, by the way, is next week. This Shabbos is the big kiddish um, for my father's yard site. And Lezechanishmas Esther Basavilsavalevi, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Shmuel Beis that Klau Yisrael was defeated by the Plishtim. The Plishtim captured the Aaron. But there were a lot of plagues that came to the Plishtim during the seven months which they had the Aaron. They decided to return it. They brought the Aaron to the fields of Beis Shemesh. The people of Kiryas Yarim were very honored to have the Aaron. It remained with them for years. When the Plishtim attacked, Dovr HaMelech then defeated them. He went to Kiryas Yarim to bring back the Aaron Elohim to Yerushalayim. 
There it says that David and all of Klal Yisrael were rejoicing before Hashem with all kinds of wood instruments, with drums and timbrels and cymbals. When the entourage reached Goran Nachon, the land was level, but the oxen caused the Aaron to move from its place. Uzzah, who was among those that were guiding the wagon, was afraid that the Aaron was going to fall, so he put out his hand to hold on to it. But he should not have worried, because the Aaron was no C.S. Noisov. It carried those who carried it. Uzzah was punished on the spot. Why? Because only a lack of emuna would make Uzzah think that the Aaron would indeed fall. When David HaMelech saw this, he was afraid the Kedush of the Aaron was so great that it would be impossible for the people to handle it properly. So he decided not to bring the Aaron to Yerushalayim. Instead, he brought the Aaron to the house of Ovid Edom, where it remained for three months. During that time, something very special happened. Dovid HaMelech was told that Hashem had blessed the house of Ovid Edom and everything that he had because of the Aaron Elohim. The Gemara tells us, what was this blessing? Rabbi Yehuda ben Zvida says, it refers to Chamos, the wife of Ovid Edom, and her eight daughters-in-law. Each one gave birth to six children at one time. So great is the bracha that we all have from the Torah. It enriches our lives. It blesses our house with all that we need, materially and spiritually. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Rabbi Goldwasser is planning on being there Thursday, the 23rd of March, for our big celebration. I cannot, cannot wait to greet him. When I think about how many great the days and celebrations we've had together, so many amazing occasions, Baruch Hashem, over the years. So he'll be joining us uh, Thursday morning of next week, as will many, many people from the community, many leaders in the community. Ofek Parat is with us live via telephone, Director of Overseas Operations in the United States for Yatar Israel. Now, those of you who are going to be tuning out in the next minute or so, heading to work, heading to shul, wherever you might be going, check out this website when you have a chance, yatarisrael.org, Y-A-T-A-R, Israel.org. And consider donating and supporting the incredible work that they do on a daily basis. Um, Ofek Parat, shalom, shalom, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, thank you so much for having me. How are you? Baruch Hashem, doing well. As you can imagine, there are many people, myself included, who sit on this side of the world and are very concerned about the terror attacks that our brothers and sisters in Israel have been um, enduring and have been uh, um, uh, victims these past few weeks. Not that it's any different than it's been in our, in our history, but that's another story. And uh, we're also very concerned, frankly, for the IDF soldiers who have to go into some very sensitive areas and put themselves at risk in order to root out terrorism and potential terrorism. Tell us how Yatar Israel 
helps with both of those situations? Okay, so first I'll start by saying that I myself, a former combat officer, I served as a captain in the borders of Jenin, Gaza, and Egypt for five years. And that's where I got to know Yatar. So Yatar basically is a nonprofit organization working under the straight command of the IDF and the border police. Yatar formed two to three years ago in order to supplement those kind of security forces using tactical ATVs that can help those security forces reach areas where their traditional vehicles cannot reach. So I don't know how many of you ever been to the Gaza border, Jordanian border, or the Egyptian border, but the terrain there allows only few kind of vehicles move there. And what the SR does is to be there on the front line and give those vehicles, those tactical ATVs to the army and to the border police to use them in order to cut transgressors or armed smugglers and drug smuggling and all those kind of things that eventually lead to terror attacks in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, or actually all over Israel. And I would have to imagine that when uh, the Israel Defense Forces uh, go into areas like Janine and other places that we read about where they're rooting out terror, I'm assuming they're also in need in those areas of specific types of vehicles in order to get to the enemy. Definitely, definitely. Every area that needs kind of vehicle that can move very quickly and with no challenge and still be safe for our soldiers, because those kind of Palestinians, when they try to run, they ride like animals. They don't care if they flip over. They don't care. They shoot. They drive as fast as they can. And their only goal is to escape us. And when we chase them, I think this is the position where we put ourselves at risk the most because the chances you flip over and and, and kill yourself is very, very, very big. So when you use those kind of ATVs, which are very stable in high speed, you know that you can drive really fast without risking yourself more than you do. Average. So you've you've really laid it out for us. You've basically have given you've broken down exactly what Yatar is there for. Uh, Yatar is there to provide these vehicles so that the Israel Defense Forces and those who protect Israel are able to access areas that are very difficult otherwise to access. Would that basically sum it up? Definitely. And plus, Yatar real goal is not to deal with terror attacks when they happen. Right. Yatar's goal is to prevent them. So when we are out there on the front line, all of our purposes is to catch those smugglers, those transgressors, those people that, I'll give you just a small example. This last month, we caught 45 weapons that were meant to come to the West Bank. So... You know, we see a bag full of 45 weapons, but what we actually see is 45 families we just saved. Ofek Parad is with us. Uh, We're talking about Yatar Israel. 
you know, we don't we sometimes don't understand what the IDF and the security forces of Israel are going through. Uh, as you said, as you indicated, you were you were literally on the front lines for five years. You could describe it, and you could describe, I'm sure, what some of your brothers and sisters had to suffer through in order to uh, in order to go ahead and, and protect the people of Israel and the land of Israel and the state of Israel. Um, I don't know if other if other um, nations, countries around the world do this, where their citizens you know, have fundraising efforts in order to fund a specific program that goes to their army. Maybe they do. I have no idea. Uh, But it does seem uniquely us, uniquely Jewish, uniquely Israeli, that when when someone realized that, that the Israeli army simply does not have enough vehicles and likely can't afford those vehicles, uh, it's amazing that someone stepped up and said, okay, let's let's fundraise in order to get those vehicles uh, into the, um, you know, into these units. Uh, I don't know how other countries do it, but uh, am I right, Ofek, that this is somewhat unique for our worldwide community? Listen, I will answer you by that. I don't think there is one Jewish person who doesn't know what Hatzalah is and their blessing work. So to make it easy for you or whoever listens to understand Basically, imagine as if Hatzala, instead of giving medical care, they would deal with terrorism. So they are the first to respond. They're the first to be there when something happens in far distance areas. Yatar originally formed after the murder of the Fanami in Israel, that she was brutally murdered in front of her children. What happened there is that some Palestinians crossed the fence the army got the intelligence about that because we know when someone crossed the fence, but the vehicles could only be at that point only around seven to eight minutes. But I don't need to tell you how much time it, it, it takes to kill a person. It doesn't take more than two minutes. What, what our goal is to put as many ATVs in those kind of settlements in Judea and Samaria and along the border not just to prevent those kind of things. We can't promise that if Yatal will be everywhere, then there will no be terror attacks. But we can definitely ensure that we will prevent a lot of them. And another thing I'd like to say is that, like I said at first about Hatala, if you take out of the Israeli picture Hatala and Magin David Adom, which are both nonprofit organizations, the government does not have any institute like that. Right, or, you, or the capacity but, for it, right. You see, so if you take out the Salah from Israel, what do you have? Who do you call? Right. Who do you call when something happens? Nothing. These are all nonprofit organizations formed by private people. So I guess, yeah, I guess the answer is, yeah, it's, it's very unique to the Israeli government. And <laughs> that's for sure. These things always seem to be unique to our people. Um, Ofek Parat is with us. We are talking about uh, Yatar and encouraging everybody to participate. Ofek is Director of Overseas Operations for Yatar Israel. Frankly, and I hate to say this, Ofek, I hate to say it, but if there's any benefit, and of course I say that with tremendous quotation marks, if there's any benefit to the a terror act, recent terror activities in Israel, 
is that it's called it has called a lot of attention uh, to what our Israeli soldiers and security units have to go through, and that uh, and that they you know would love to be able to stop every single terror attack, but obviously they're not. It's not, that's not possible at this point. But it calls more attention to the work that you're doing and how important the work that Yatar is doing is. What does it cost to provide one ATV for the Israeli security forces? So one ATV costs $85,000. Simple as that. $85,000 for one ATV. So the question is, folks, how much are we willing to give? Is there a synagogue out there that's ready to ask its membership to collectively get together and give an ATV? Is there a Jewish organization on this side of the world that understands the importance of defending Israel and being a strong state of Israel? Maybe they'll do it. Or maybe the people listening right now, it's $85,000 for an ATV, so maybe $85 or $850 or $8,500, a a portion of which uh, is uh, what's required in order to uh, purchase an ATV. I direct you to yatarisrael.org. Yatar, Y-A-T-A-R, Israel.org. There's plenty of uh, videos and uh, mission statements and uh, stories that you could check out online. Ofek, I assume that's the easiest way for people to support. I assume that's the easiest way for people to support uh, Yatar, correct? Yes, definitely. Just go online. We have a link to a donation. What was it like when you served for five years? I would assume you have a lot of brothers and sisters who ended up in very challenging situations after that period of time. Listen, for five years, I think you can... I don't think anyone can experience more difficult, significant experience than that. When you're out there on the front line and you're just a kid, you know, I, I drafted in when I was 18 and I became an officer when I was 20. When I was 20, I was already a commander of 50 soldiers. When I was 22, I became a commander of 147 soldiers. Wow. <laughs> Pretty amazing. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And you're responsible for not just their training, you're responsible for giving them the proper directions and instructions to, to get it right. Yes. Yes. When you become an officer in those kind of borders, then you are the commander of specific operations that you have to do. How do you react when the United Nations, when Washington, when the EU and others begin to criticize the IDF in terms of the way they handle things? When you read that there are that there are real or potential terror attacks and it did require to get into a specific neighborhood or village and take out those who are planning the terror attack. What's your reaction when you see how the world reacts to that? So when I just dropped in and I saw those kind of articles and in news, I was so angry and frustrated because they have no clue what really happens there. They have no clue. And I was so angry for years. But then I just realized that when every time I saw things like that, I just laughed because all I can say is just that I welcome them to join us and to see things in their own eyes. Mm. Because 
they have no idea. And I bet the the person who writes those kind of articles, who's sitting in his very, very, very nice and comfortable office, have no idea how it feels like when you get shot, when you see your friends get hurt. And you know that we are all kids and we have an entire life in front of us. And all you want to do is just to complete your your service in one piece and with appropriate mental health. You know, you don't just have to complete the service. You also need to know that you have an entire life in front of you. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't just complete the service. You want to complete the service healthy in every way. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, Yatar as an organization, I mean, it, it doesn't deal with politics. Right. All we do and all we care about is to protect Israel. And I don't think I mentioned that before, but we also have 250 people who volunteer for us. All of them are very high trained, all former combat elite unit soldiers that in case the IDF in exactly in these days need more backup and need more manpower, then we all come from our houses, from our beds to be there to make Israel safer. Amazing. I, I hope the American Jewish community has been generous. I hope they've understood the importance of providing these vehicles for the IDF. Are you getting a good reaction as you, as you speak to communities in the United States? So I did, but I think I think the message is really hard to transfer is the fact that, like you said before, it can only happen in Israel when you need to raise money to protect Israel. Right. And a lot of Americans just don't get that, and they don't realize why do they have to pay for something that, you know, should be already funded by the government? Right. Understood. But we've heard this many, many times over the years. There's a limit to what the government can do. And frankly, both for financial and moral support, uh, there's a necessity uh, for everybody around the world who cares about Israel to pitch in. Um and that, I guess, is a is a different conversation, but uh, I hope those who are listening right now understand what we mean by that. Uh, we're encouraging everybody to donate. Uh, you want to give uh, one one-hundredth of an ATV. You want to give one-tenth of an ATV. You want to give an ATV. Whatever you want to give, just donate now and support the work of Yatar. Uh, when you do, you're, you're supporting the work that's cutting down on terror attacks against our brothers and sisters in Israel. It's the bottom line. The more protection, the more intelligence, the more ability to get into places, please God, the less and less uh, uh, terror attacks our brothers and sisters will suffer from. Go to yatarisrael.org, Y-A-T-A-R, Israel.org, Y-A-T-A-R, Israel.org. Ofek, anything else you'd like to add? Actually, yes. I met yesterday a fantastic, very generous Jew that said he'll be willing to donate half an ATV, and all I need is to find someone to match that. Oh, so so that would bring, that would that would bring us that that, that that would bring us to forty two and a half thousand dollars. If someone out there would want to donate forty two and a half thousand dollars, that would be half of an ATV. Yep, and I'll mention that every ATV we have has a plaque on it with the names in case someone wants to dedicate these ATV for someone he loves. And 
we have that in all of our APVs. Uh, all right. Simple as that, everybody. And if you need a direct line to OFEC, just contact me. I'll be more than happy if you're willing to give half of an ATV, $42,500. Be more than happy to make that arrangement. Meanwhile, go to the Donate tab at yatarisrael.org, Y-A-T-A-R-Israel.org. And uh, those of you who are considering the larger donations of giving an ATV, it's an amazing way to dedicate a really important charity, a really important um, act of giving to somebody in your family or in your life who you'd like to honor or memorialize. Ofek Tadaraba, what can I say? I, I thank you and uh, all those who are defending the state of Israel and its residents from terror attacks. Kala Kavod, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Thank you to our friends from Yatar, Israel. Love bringing you causes that you likely did not know about before you listened to JM and the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast. My thanks to my Nelson Sherman. Great conversation yesterday. He's the general editor at Art Scroll. Those of you out there who don't yet have the uh, book about Rav Chaim Kanievsky, the biography has been written. The book is flying off the shelves from what I'm told. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Another book that is flying off the shelves. And this one is, is ready to set a record, by the way is Reb Meilach on the Haggadah, Insights, Stories, and Commentaries of Rav Eli Melech Biederman. Um, Yisrael Besser is the author. We're going to get him on the air about this book. But again, one of these Haggadahs, one of these, um, one of these offerings that, that has just taken off like crazy. When you go to Art Scroll for any of the new titles or any of the titles at all, uh, just to make sure to use promo code radio. Simple as that. When you use promo code radio at artscroll.com, free shipping plus major discount. Who won- Who wouldn't want both? So check it out. Go to artscroll.com. Again, make sure to use promo code radio and enjoy. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, by NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app.
Mazel Jay, Tov. Yeah, there you go. Mazel Tov is right. JM in the AM with Yaakov Shweki and the Israeli rock set with Amiran Devere um, producing that uh, segment. Really nice. Getting ready for a week from tomorrow. Speaking of Mazel Tov, getting ready for a week from tomorrow when we uh, dedicate the brand new studio in New York City. One year after the fire, lots of notices in the local papers. And, of course, uh, those of you who are on our email list, follow us on social media, uh, see the daily thread. All the information is there, and we hope all of you, as our friends, listeners, and supporters, will be there. Stop by for five minutes next Thursday in New York City. Uh, Should be a very interesting broadcast from 6 a.m. until 3 p.m. That is quite a lot, I must say. (laughs) <laughs> so that's happening next week right here at JM in the AM. Uh, tomorrow, we're welcoming our friends from TABC into our New Jersey studio, our brand new uh, New Jersey studio. They have quite a music program that uh, we started talking about last week when Rafi Suss was in our studio. We will be um, inviting a whole bunch of people tomorrow to discuss that program with us and go through some of the music that they've been doing. All here tomorrow morning in the seven o'clock hour. We got to get them back for Minion. We got to get them. You know, it's five minutes from here. At least, at least a five minute walk to TABC. Got to get them back for Shockers on a Thursday. Uh, so we'll do that about seven thirty-five tomorrow morning, right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Shalom Hammer is with us live via telephone. He is the founder of Gila's Way, as it says on their website, Gila's Way Saving Lives. And if I may, Gila's Way is a not-for-profit organization which implements, educates, and and presents programs regarding mental health awareness and suicide prevention in order to save lives. Through their lectures, interactive courses, preparation seminars, and consultation services for youth and adults, Gila's Way addresses the difficult yet real issues of today so that people can face tomorrow. Rabbi Shalom Hammer, pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Nice to nice to be here. If you don't mind, and I don't see why you would, because it's on the website, I'd like to read one of the reviews, if you will, um, that was posted online regarding the Gila's Way program. I'm going to read the one from Paul Stern of Malaya Dumim, if that's okay with you. I assume it's fine, right? Sure. Uh, Paula writes as follows. While sharing the story of his daughter's death by suicide... Rabbi Shalom Hammer managed to make us laugh and cry, but more, he made us think. His message helped us, helped give us signs to look for, things to consider. In a world that is too busy to see what's happening with our children, we have to be aware. We have to watch, listen, and act. His daughter's way was to be kind to others, to notice when others were in need, and Gila's way does the same through its vital seminars. Every school and every community needs to incorporate a Gila's Way program. First of all, an amazing review, and I'm sure that uh, it is certainly well-deserved based on what I've heard um, about the work that you and your staff are doing, staff and volunteers, I should say, are doing or by Hammer. But it does seem, not just from Paula's statement, but from other accounts that I've read, that Gila was a a very outgoing and uh, a caring and um, um, I guess what most people would consider on the outside, happy personality. And for parents and grandparents out there, that's often scary when you think about you know somebody who's like that 
making the types of decisions that they could eventually make. Uh, and not to get too personal, but I'm sure this is part of your presentation. Um, did, what, was all of this a complete shock to your family? Well, I, I mean, first of all, uh, uh, let me address both parts of what you're saying. Uh, with regards to the beginning, Gila was an outstanding personality. Uh, she was happy. Uh, we often explain Gila Kishma Kane He. Yeah. She certainly personified her name, Gila Simcha Happiness. She was a social leader, a social butterfly. She was rambunctious, vivacious, lively. Uh, and really just a, a very, very wholesome kid who saw the world, by the way, in a very innocent way. Uh, she appreciated and embraced every single person for who they were, face value, and was incapable, really, of judging people externally. And in that sense, she was strange from what we're normally, including myself, accustomed to. Um, and what's interesting is that, um, or, you know, or disturbing at the same time, is that when I meet Rahman al-Atzlan, when I meet other families who lost their children to suicide, and they describe the personalities, the personas of their children, very often they meet the same type of characteristics, same type of attributes. Very often they describe a child who is social, who is external, who is out there, and but yet very, very sensitive and feels the weight and burden of the world upon their shoulders in a very unfair way, but in a very real way. So that is who Gila was. Anytime someone, Khalila Vachas, especially when we speak about a young person way before their time, and particularly when we speak about suicide, when someone dies as such, it is a shock. Um, never in our wildest dreams did my wife and I, our family, ever think or contemplate the idea of suicide, that someone would take their lives as such, that Gila would do such a thing, um, because we are programmed as human beings to embrace the attribute of life. That is the most important attribute and quality that we as normal human beings deal with and that we welcome. And what happened was, and what, what is very, very important for people to understand, is that the vast majority of people who die from suicide, particularly when we speak about teens and adolescents, which is the most uh, in aggressively aggressive age in terms of increase in suicide ideation, uh, but when it comes to adolescents and young adults, they, the vast majority of them do not want to die. They want to live. They find themselves in a very, very painful moment of despair, sadness, darkness, sometimes loneliness. And as such, they don't see any other avenue other than what's in front of them, which is sometimes contemplating taking their lives. But the vast majority of them don't want to do this. And this is very important for us to understand because what it means is that if we can throw them a lifeline and ask the right question or be able to discuss with them and demonstrate empathy that we're there with them, we are absolutely capable of saving lives. So Gila's death was uh, a shock. Um, it obviously um, it just threw us into a complete whirlwind of chaos. And uh, we uh, are faced every single day with, I don't, I don't know if we call it trying to make sense out of it, but trying to make sense of life continuing with this tragic loss. So the I'd have to assume, based on what you just said, 
that outside of to herself, most likely, she 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 likely never expressed any of this to any other human being. Well, no. So she did. She did. Uh, and it was obvious that there were things I mean, she, you know, relatively speaking, with regards to a mental health challenge, uh, she herself was uh, experienced a sexual uh, attack. Um, and, uh, and as that really is what threw her, uh, into a, a, a spiral of, uh, post-trauma. Uh, she was obviously deeply traumatized from this, but it took a little while to identify and for her to express. And, um, it took, you know, longer for us to be able to find and try and find her the right treatment. And yet here she was with this internal pain that, you know, w was just festering, uh, and to the extent that eventually it led to her demise tragically. But, um, yeah, so she, she did express it and there were signs that were obvious to us that she was dealing with, uh, a mental health challenge and with a trauma, but, uh, we certainly did not understand the impact, the effects or the possibilities that could come with, that particular trauma and with the things that she experienced. And that's really why um, we and myself were involved in what we're doing, because people need to understand, people need to know and recognize these signs for what they are and how life-threatening they can be to someone who is harboring that pain. Rabbi Shalom Hammers with us. I mean, I, I don't know what to say after what you just uh revealed to us on the air other than I, I hope you and your wife and, and, and family have, uh, have strength after this, uh, um, after this uh, terrible ordeal. Um, it, it is remarkable that thank God, thank God, and I'm sure you thank God every day that you and your family and your staff and your volunteers have had the strength to found Gila's way. And now you are, I assume, based on what I read online, on a regular basis, speaking to hundreds, if not more, of young people and others who need to know about these signs and what they need to be aware of. Why are these seminars uh, and these um, presentations so successful? Well, I, you know, I, I, I would say I, I hate to use the word success, especially when we speak about life and death. Um, I, I would say more impactful. Right. And the reason why is because it's been certainly revealed, psychologists speak about it all the time, that the main way to help people uh, prevent suicide is through education, uh, through identification. People need to be able to be aware of the signs. They need to know that mental health is very, very prevalent in society. And just like anyone who's dealing with a physical illness, mental illness is also there. And it's legitimate for someone to say, I am not okay in my mind and in my in my psyche. So you mean so you mean you mean education for the person as opposed to education for I'm not 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 excluding education no, not for their necessarily family. education not necessarily education for the person suffering themselves. We are interested in education for their significant others right. that they need to recognize the signs. They need to understand what that person is going through. 
the depth of the pain, the depth of despair, the capability of them contemplating such a dire uh, such a dire plan, if you may, to the extent that they would contemplate suicide. So it's very, very important for us to speak about suicide openly and in the proper educational forums. Now, I, I want to clarify, there is such a thing called suicide or contagion, where people are very hesitant. One has to be careful how much to speak about it. Right. That's true. Right. But when it's done in a controlled environment, with education, with the proper people who know what to say, when to say, and how to say, it is a very, very important thing to embark upon so that people become more educated and they can help those around them and absolutely save lives. Rabbi Shalom Hammers with us. Gila's Way is the uh, is the um, organization. Gila's Way, G-I-L-A-S, gilasway.com is the website you want to look at. So what happens after one of these presentations uh, that are impactful, as you described, if somebody in the audience, you know, realizes that they need to have some type of one-on-one -on -one help, some type of serious consultation to overcome an important mental health hurdle. Well, it happens all the time. And, and the truth is, that's really the main reason why I give these presentations, conversations, uh, seminars, because inevitably there are always people who will come over to me afterwards and say, I have this problem or that problem, not always with themselves, but I'm dealing with my child, I'm dealing with my spouse, I'm dealing with my sibling, my good friend has the following problem. And that's exactly why I do it, because that enables us to begin to connect, to engage in dialogue. And very often it's the first time that they'll express it. And one of the reasons why they express the problem is because they say, hey, Hammer can do it. He lost a child. He comes out. He doesn't, you know, no holds barred. He speaks openly about what happened and understands the significance of this education. And so I can approach him and he's approachable. I could speak to him and share with him. And that's where we begin to engage in dialogue. Beginning to engage in dialogue, we are then able, if they want to take it to the next, next step, we're then able to consult. We offer something called, I call it N2S, Navigation to Salvation, which is a consultation service. It is not a hotline. It is meant specifically for families, significant others, colleagues, friends who know someone who is going through crisis and they need help. Where do we go from here? We help assist them get to the first step. We are not mental health professionals. We are certified mental health educators, and we help them get to that first step. Now, sometimes, and it happens you know, fairly often, where a parent will call me and say, my child is doing the following and the following and the following. And after hearing what they're describing, I'll say to them, well, your child is at risk of suicide. You need to understand this. You need to get them to the hospital. You need to get them to a, a, a safe environment, a secure environment, and we'll help direct them towards whatever that environment might be. But it, my point is that there are so many people who don't know right. and don't recognize and cannot identify, and the lecturing, the presenting, the educating, the, converse, the conversations arouse and certainly promote knowing more and when right. people are in the know they have the capacity to save lives and not, knowledge is power knowledge saves lives 100 percent uh i, I, I want to get some of the practical elements in a moment not that this isn't practical it is but you know what i mean but but one one last thing first on the lectures uh, you have one 
uh, a lecture uh, whose title is Truths My Daughter Taught Me. Could you give us one of those? Could you give us one truth that Gila taught you? Yeah, I mean, I, I could tell you, I often speak about, uh, I very often speak about Yosef in Mitzrayim. And when he wakes in the morning, when he's in the Beta Asirim, when he's in the imprisoned in Egypt, he turns around and it says that he actually approaches the other prisoners and he asks them, Madua Pnechem Raimayom, why are you so upset? What is disturbing you? And it's quite something because here is Joseph, he's imprisoned in a place of loneliness, without livelihood, without family, without support, and his interest is not in his self. His interest is in the others around him. That was Gila. Gila was entrapped in a deep, dark place of despair, a prison in the bowels of an Egypt. And yet her concern was always with others. On the last night when she was alive, she went with her brother to Davin at the Kotel. And again, this demonstrates the very fact that she did these things is that the truth is that people don't want to die. They want to live. That exhibits itself. And she went and prayed at the Kotel, and after they finished praying, they went up to the old city. She walked into a candy store. She came out from the candy store with a large bag of candies. And her brother said to her, why so many candies? We're, we can't consume all of these. And she said, no, no, my friend, it's not for us. We are now going to give out these candies to the homeless people in the old city and bring a smile across their face. Huh. And... That was the last act that she did before she died. This is the kind of person that she was. She empathized. She Seeing people in pain disturbed and hurt her to the extent that she wanted to save them. So, yeah, that talk, Truths My Daughter Taught Me, is all about, and I generally give it to adolescents, uh, to young adults, but to communities as well, it's all about empathy. Asking a question to your friend, what's troubling you, can make such impact and can help that person realize someone cares about me and it can save a life. Can I, can I say, and remember, I know nothing about this and you're an expert at this point. Can I, can I say that if I know a youngster for whom it seems the world is on their shoulders and that, they, and that they're carrying that burden Sort of like you just described in terms of, you know, the pain that someone endures when, when they know that so many others are in pain. Is that a red flag or not necessarily? Well, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but I would, you know, first of all, I just want to just in terms of correction, I never like to use the word expert. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, um, especially, you know, living with the, 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 the depth of grief and bereavement that I have. I learned, unfortunately, in life that I'm not an expert in anything, but I just try to help. Um, red flags, generally speaking, are, uh, you know, they come they come in groups in order to say that someone is at high risk. Mm. But what I will say is that if you have a kid who's very, very sensitive and feels that burden of others, we have to at least be able to converse with them and let them understand that they're not responsible for all of the problems in the world. And it's not something that they're capable of solving, but that they should channel that sensitivity into a practicality ah, where they can right. help. Where, But let them understand as well, the adolescents, they need to understand 
that before we go out and help people, we have to first be able to help ourselves. Chayecha kodmin. Your life comes first. Because if you don't have your life, there's no way that you can help other lives as well. Right. All right. Uh, Well understood. And um, and I always feel that someone who's had a an in-depth um, radical experience at something, you know, it, it picks up maybe experts, the wrong word, but certainly picks up some area of expertise. Now it, it's obvious in the website, you're doing an incredible amount of work in Israel. It's also obvious that you're um, speaking whenever possible and helping um, whenever possible in communities around the world. Now it says on the website, USA tour, for March the 21st. What does that mean? Can people, can schools, can parents uh, actually come and see and hear a presentation uh, during that day or during that week? What's happening here for our listeners in the United States? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've spoken in a number of communities. Um, I'm here till this Sunday morning in New York, New Jersey. This uh, Today I'm speaking to the faculty of the Ramaz High School. Uh, so that they could understand, identify signs and things going on with their students. This evening, I'm speaking in KJ in Manhattan. Uh, That's at 7 p.m., and everyone's invited to attend. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll be in the the SAR school in Riverdale, and tomorrow evening, I'm speaking in Westside Institutional Synagogue. That's at 8 p.m. tomorrow evening on the West Side. Um, Shabbat, I'll be speaking in Teaneck and Arze Darom in the synagogue, the shul on Shabbat morning, and then Saturday night in someone's home in Teaneck, New Jersey as well. People are more than welcome to reach out. Just the opposite. The more, I don't want to say the more, the merrier. That's inappropriate. But, you know, as we approach Pesach, the more people that are educated, that discuss, that converse, that realize, that learn the better off the situation and the the greater chance we have of helping people around us. So, yeah, absolutely. KJ, Kehilath Jeshurun uh, tonight up on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, West Side Institutional Synagogue, 8 p.m. tomorrow night. And as you heard, a congregation are Zay Darom in Teaneck, New Jersey, on Shabbat. Everybody is invited to come here by Shalom Hammer. Um, the website, if you want to investigate more and see um, all the different things that they offer, uh, gilasway.com g-i-l-a-s-w-a-y.com again g-i-l-a-s-w-a-y.com um as a parent um you know one one can only imagine and of course never wants to imagine the horror that that you and your wife have gone through well understood how would you describe gila's siblings and the aftermath of all of this for them? Well, I mean, uh, the Gila siblings are 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 our children. Uh, so I'd say that uh, to describe them, I'd say they're the greatest kids in the world. Uh, <laughs> um, and our grandchildren as well, they'd fit that bill. But um, uh, Kenahara, uh, I, I think I know what you're asking. And, and that is, look, this is a, an, a the worst possible trauma that someone could go through, uh, the loss of a child. They lost a sibling, a sibling who they're very, very close with. Our kids, thank God, share very close familial relationships with one another. They're loving, they're caring, they're sensitive, and they're very, very well linked with one another. So this was and is an absolute traumatic loss. Um, In addition, they, and this is something that pains me when I hear about it, but I spoke about in Israel recently, 
um, one or two of my children have said to me a number of times, they'll say, you know, Abba, um, we realize that you're not the same Abba that you once was. Wow. And that's a very, very painful thing. They don't mean to do it in a mean of way. Of course, but of course. They, they, you know, in a raw sense, they need to say it or they right. wanted to say it. And that's right. fine. I want them to express themselves. But that's a very painful thing for a parent to hear. Um, and yet, at the same, same time, it's a very true thing. Um, all of us are traumatized. All of our kids have had to go for whatever therapy or support group that, that you may in order to assist them and to help them as much as possible. And some are coping better than others, but everyone is coping. So um, we try to be, you know, and, and obviously a, a reaction that my wife and I, uh, in trying our hardest to continue our lives in, with some, some sense of normalcy, right. uh, we nonetheless are obviously very overprotective and territorial now, especially when it comes to our kids, because, you know, there's nothing more painful than for a parent than seeing their child in pain. So, yeah, there's there's no question that uh, that they but they they themselves um, are very uh, become much more sensitive also to people suffering to mental health to they're not involved in our efforts. And that's fine. They can choose to or not to be. And we respect that. But they are involved in a sense that they're extremely sensitive to many of these issues and to helping people around them. I'll tell you that when it comes to, for example, Gila's birthday every year, they run literally run on their own campaigns <laughs> of baked goods to give to families in need or clothing campaigns to raise uh, money for people who, you know, want to get married or different different campaigns that they're involved in chesed. It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. And they do it, and they do it as combined efforts, each one in their own way and as a group as well. So they're very, very impressive kids. And, um, I, you know, I, I can't think of any other, I'll tell you this, I can't think of any other reason or any greater reason to continue living than for them and for our family, grandchildren and children. Yeah. Amen to that. Uh, Shalom, I, uh, you're, you're one of the good guys in my life. I, I, it saddens me that we, re, <laughs> that, that we reunite, uh, in this type of circumstance, but what can I say you and your family and obviously those you're working with are saving lives on a regular basis. And that, uh, that's amazing to know that about you and to hear, uh, what you're doing in order to uh, advance this cause, so to speak, is, is just remarkable. So again, it, it saddens me who wants to see anybody you like be in pain, but, uh, as you just described, uh, you and your family are likely going to take this situation, and just continue to save more and more people out there. Thank you, Nachum. I, I very much appreciate it. I appreciate you having me and you're very kind because you're one of the few people I've ever heard say that I'm on their good side. So <laughs> that's a, that's a very, very refreshing for me to be able to, I hope, I hope that you recorded this so I can listen to it again and again. <laughs> you'll be, you'll be able to play it over and over and over. Rabbi Shalom Hammer, everybody tonight at the KJ, Kehilath Jeshurun in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, tomorrow night at the West Side Institutional Synagogue, beginning at 8 PM in, uh, on the West Side of Manhattan. Our Zay Darom congregation, uh, he'll be in that synagogue in Teaneck, New Jersey, this coming Shabbat. And, of course, information about all of this to be in touch and to certainly 
bring him, his staff, uh, whoever it is that he depends on to help spread the word to your school, to your institution, uh, those of you who are um, associated with schools and seminaries in Israel, whatever the case may be, uh, go to the website at gilasway.com, G-I-L-A-S-W-A-Y.com. Rabbi Shalom Hammer, thank you and God bless you and best regards to the entire family. Thank you, Nachum. Likewise, Besarot Tovot. Amen, amen, amen. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
נשמה צועקת בחום ואהבה. עפה היא ברוח, קרובה היא לצלך. Ich weiß nicht, 
Avram Shmuel Weeder, Avram Shmuel Weeder with the Achtov medley here at JM in the AM. Uh, recent release, by the way. That's a recent uh, album. Sandy Shmueli with Hanashamatzo Eket, Yaakov Shweki's Vaha'er, in uh, memory of Raimeir Zlotowitz. Uh, reminder, our friends at Art Scroll have the brand new book about Rav Chaim Kanievsky. They've got the uh, Rav Meilch Biederman on the Haggadah, both uh, books, by the way, doing extremely, extremely well. I think they're both record setters in different ways. Um, maybe when uh, our friends at Art Scroll visit us next Thursday, we'll be able to find out what records those books have broken. Anyway, those of you out there who are looking for um, Haggadahs for Pesach, if you're looking for brand new offerings like the uh, book about Rav Chaim Kanievsky, whatever it is you're looking for, go to artscroll.com. No matter what you order, no matter what you order, you make sure to uh, use promo code radio. Free shipping, major discount when you use promo code radio at artscroll.com. That's the whole thing. That's what you need to know. Simple as that. <laughs> um, what else can I tell you? Oh, we're we're encouraging everybody to give to the matzah fund which is supporting the um uh, almost 2000 families in Judea and Samaria they have a list of almost 2000 families that they are helping in Judea and Samaria Yudan Shomron for the holiday of Pesach the matzah fund m a t matzah m a t z o h fund.com m a t z o h 
matzoahfund.com. M-A-T-Z-O-H fund.com. Simple as that. Matzafund.com. Give what you can. You'll literally be helping families in Judea and Samaria. They've ordered, according to Alan Hirsch, they ordered over nine and a half tons of chicken. Just that. Forget about everything else they're giving. Nine and a half, nine and a half tons of chicken they've ordered to, to give out to those families um, for Pesach. Pretty crazy, huh? Gershon Verobo will wrap things up on a Wednesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Israel and brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSingle.com on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. 
Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMM. My thanks to uh, Ofek Porat. My thanks to my Shalom Hammer. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. By the way, there's a donate button at the top of the Gila's Way website. Gila'sWay.com. There's a button at the top, a red button that says donate. You could support what they're doing. Uh, worthwhile cause, to say the least. Worthwhile cause for sure. Uh, tomorrow morning, we're back. Our friends from TABC are going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll talk about Jewish music with them. Yossi Zweig with a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you don't receive our daily thread, write to Avrami, AF, at NahumSiegel.com. Till tomorrow, NahumSiegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.